Fresh tongues of fire wash through all flesh, burn up all wood, hay, and stubble of every spirit, soul, mind, and bone in this place. Fresh glory flood your atmosphere, flood your heart, still your spirit. The lamb that was slain, the blood of Jesus is the new wine. Let it permeate and pickle and baptize your mind. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Whoa! <laughs> Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> you are so able to take us up in a whirlwind of glory. Take no thought. Because where you're going, your whole thought life will be brand new constantly. Your thought life is what keeps you down. <laughs> Father, baptize our thoughts. The Word of God judges the thoughts. Hebrews 4.12. It judges the thoughts. Isn't that interesting? Scripture teaches that the purpose and the function of the words that come from God towards humanity is to judge thought life. Not even what you say, what you think. The thinking of your spirit. That's what judgment is or what salvation is. Salvation is allowing God to judge the thoughts of your spirit. And of course, he kills them, destroys them completely with fire 
and glory and imparts his thought life. Receive an impartation of God the Father's thought life. Do you know that the angels manifest God's thoughts? And you are becoming like the angels? Scripture says that the sons of God become like the angels multiple times, that it's the maturity of Jesus Christ's seed in your spirit growing up. He said they'll no longer be given and taken in marriage, which is intimacy of the flesh. Get some wisdom tonight. But they'll be like the angels. It's called the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's spiritual communion. It's no longer living as an outer man. It's living as an inner man. And the intensity of pleasure and passion and power millions of times greater. Billions of times greater. <laughs> than external marriage. Wow. No longer giving and taking in marriage. And that's where people just lose their minds. That's what you need to do. You need to lose your mind in the floods of Noah today of all your external ideas, plans, and thoughts. All the thoughts of you in the outer realm, even your relationships, your spouses, your children, your schools, your families, your businesses, every aspect of your entire soul that's attached to the outside realm has to be circumcised, killed off of your spirit in order to walk in the mind of Christ. Not optional. It's called sanctification. Lord, sanctify us. Do you realize scripture says that only those who are sanctified by the word of grace get any inheritance from God the Father at all? So those who aren't sanctified by the word, which is the circumcision of the sword of the spirit, have no inheritance at all in the kingdom of heaven, only in the kingdom of hell. So immaturity has kept us from true inheritance. So we're no longer gonna fear the sword, we're gonna wield the sword. You only wield the sword of the Spirit of God to the amount it's cut your own heart. God is not a hypocrite. You say, oh, well, everyone knows that. You know that here. You start to go through a little sanctification right here in the, the meat pumping blood in your chest. Holy crap, he's real. This is going to cost me the four chambers of my bloodlines all of it <laughs> to be real and not be phony and fake it's going to cost you the four chambers of your heart and God will be a lion eagle ox and man in you what are the river heads lion eagle ox and man the four gospels the four winds of heaven the four living creatures the four faces the fourth man in the fiery furnace 
all speaks of God's creative sovereignty over all heaven and earth in every dimension by his very existence of being the creator. It's the number four. And it's the number of chambers in your inner man. That's where you live from. Did our hearts not burn within us as we walked with the Lord Jesus in the narrow way while he illuminated to us the scriptures? <laughs> Jesus was packing the four chambers of their heart with dunamis power. And he's doing the same exact thing to your heart in this generation that he tried to do to every heart of every generation since Adam. The only difference between you and Nimrod or Nero, Antichrist, Caesar is that your heart says yes to his word. Otherwise, very little difference between you and an Antichrist because you said no to Christ and you're anti Christ in the chambers of your heart. Religion is the spirit of Antichrist. Holy Ghost. <laughs> God cleanse our hearts from the Antichrist. You gotta deal with it. People think there's something good in them. Why do you call me good? Don't you know there's no one good except the Father? What is he saying? Only the fire of my Father torching my flesh right now is any good. They were trying to make man good. That's the religious antichrist spirit working. Working in all of you. That's what you overcome when you overcome the world. That's Satan. Satan is the spirit that makes you good in your own eyes. God is the spirit that reveals sin, righteousness, and coming judgment, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. <laughs> we love the Holy Spirit and hate the evil spirit. And the Holy Spirit in agreement with your spirit is an army. That's what makes you soldiers of heaven instead of soldiers of hell. What are you in agreement with? That's your bondage. What is bondage? Covenant. Literally, blood covenant. Do you have blood covenant with demons? Honestly, most of you do. Or do you have blood covenant with Jesus? We're growing in that. Be real. We're growing in that. <laughs> the fire of God will help you grow in the blood covenant. <laughs> we have a blood covenant so strong that even if you were the worst warlock of human sacrifice like an Aztec high priest and you've sacrificed 
a thousand people to Satan, this blood covenant would annul your demonic power. It would remove all the light of the fallen angels in one second. It's the power of the Lamb. The power of the Creator resetting fallen creatures of His creation. So, mainly, this is a time of understanding how powerful the Creator is and how weak the creature and creation is. Very weak. The storm was weak. The typhoon was weak. The earthquake and the volcano. Extremely weak. If you only knew how weak the elements are, how weak the stars and the sun and the moon are, how weak the wind and the waves are, how weak the dust of the earth is. If you only understood how weak creation is and how powerful the creator is, your wisdom would spring up like the tree of life. One of my favorite quotes from Gian Guyon is, the blacker we are in our own eyes, the brighter we are in his. A full acknowledgement of what the creature is without the creator. It's accurate humility, divine humility. See, Adam and Eve took that for granted. They had the Father's humility in them, which was the glory cloud. So strong, they didn't even know they had physical bodies, guys. You ever been in the glory and you felt weightless and just levitated through the ceiling and you're walking on the moon? That's how Adam and Eve lived in eternity. Eternity. How long were Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden before they came out? So maybe the earth is 14 trillion years old since Adam and Eve lived in eternity. Time started in the fall, not at creation. Glory. So you're going back into eternity. That's why it's written, the sun and the moon endure forever. That ball in the sky will enter into the glory cloud in your heart and you'll rule and reign as celestial gods literally forever if you want to if you believe it there's enough power of the Holy Ghost here to actually do it can you imagine Paul understanding that the last curse to be swallowed up is death knowing there be enough power of the Holy Ghost that a human being raptured in the glory of God with his body on earth would have an invincible and immortal life there'd be no more aging no more wrinkling, peeling falling and dying only the constant perfection of the Father's life passing through every cell of every organ and every bone in your body with the perfection of the river of life the cleansing of your waters from the star wormwood is your eternal life 
Satan is called wormwood in Revelation. It's the sour wine that the soldiers offered in Jesus' mouth when he was dying on the cross. It's bitterness. It's being punished for your transgressions. It's being beat up for being bad. It's being spanked for being naughty. Why don't you get bitter about it? You're a victim. It's offering you the victim card. But you don't know what happened to me. You don't know what happened to the Creator. You took a spirit of pity from the demon that used to be an angel and joined yourself to hell. And you died. So you have to get that out of you by drinking the sweet wine of the Lamb. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. That's the sweetness of the Lord Jesus in you. Unconditional love is the river of life. It'll never stop flowing. This river cannot be stopped by man's transgression. That's why it speaks a better word than Abel. What happens when Abel gets his vengeance, the spirit that cries for vengeance? They just got an angry person that just got even. That was the law. An eye for an eye, finger for a finger, a foot for a foot. You hurt me, I hurt you. The blood of Abel cried for the law, and God allowed it. Just like God allowed the fallen angels to have a kingdom. You can have a kingdom. You can cry for vengeance. But I'm going to teach you through all of your angelic and natural mistakes. And at the end of the age, you'll learn from all of it and gain the wisdom of the ages and be restored to divinity. That's where we're at. Literally, coming out of the Old Covenant, vengeance, vengeance, to mercy, mercy. Why? Because if you don't give it, you don't get it. And those that don't get it are equally evil to the ones they accuse. Romans chapter 2. Oh, you foolish men, don't you know you do the same things you accuse others? So you get 10 million people accusing Red Letter Ministries on YouTube and Facebook of all the same sins that they're committing. And we do not hold it against a single one. That's called the human sinful nature. (laughs) And so actually, it's beneficial that the hypocritical nature of the religious demon be exposed by accusing spotless lambs or people in the river. See, when you put your flesh in the river, you share in his grace and his mercy and his constant washing of the water of the word and the washing of the water of the word becomes your defense attorney against the accusations of the hypocrites because there's no human being better than another human being any human being that accuses another and even your best judges on your supreme court justice without the grace of the lord jesus every judgment they make against another person and hold over another person's head will be held against them. 
the judge is just as guilty as the criminal of every sin committed and prosecuted in any, every courtroom of every nation of all time. Because all sin is common to all man. So you put that person in prison because you're already in prison under the fallen angel system of the curse of the law. But the Lord Jesus Christ will watch both the judge, the criminal, the defense attorney, and the prosecutor in the whole courtroom system of accusation called the kingdom of Satan will be cleansed worldwide. That's what the floods of Noah do. Giving and taking in marriage. External legalism, legal systems, laws, rules, regulations, here a little, there a little. All the measurements of man annihilated for the measurements of God. Flooded. <laughs> and that's just the beginning of understanding God's thoughts as he's judging the nation's thoughts. That's what's coming the next few years. See, because God's a judge, so everything he does brings judgment. Every movement of the judge has rays and rays beaming of perfect cleansing judgments towards every molecule, element, and atom in a 500 trillion mile radius. <laughs> and it goes through the timelines meaning as that light goes through you it goes back through history through your bloodlines through your DNA removing the imprisonment of the fallen angels that keep you locked in time we say oh it's Jewish year 5781 it's not Jewish year 6,021, but actually, if you're mature, it's not. If you're with the Father, you're not in time anymore. <laughs> so really, 5781 or 6,021 are completely irrelevant. What's relevant is your heart burning with eternal fire. The King of glory is the King of eternity, the Ancient of the Days. And so the seventh day is the day of rest or the day of eternity coming into the prison of the fallen angel's time. And so Adam and Eve, really, they lost their time and their sovereignty and their dominion and power and authority over time. And time stopped working for Adam and Eve for they had to till the soil, meaning they were submitted to the seasons. They had to serve the sun and the moon and the stars as deities because time no longer worked for Adam and Eve. They worked for time. You're on the clock. It's called the curse of the fall. That's what submission to the fallen angels is, guys. And I'll get you out of it. Don't worry. There's enough wisdom here to help you. You will not stay a prisoner of time for much longer. The glory of God is timelessness, and it eats time. It redeems the times. It'll heal you and restore you to all the canker worm has eaten in every second, minute, hour, day, week, month, and year of your bloodlines. 
all the way from that river of blood. See? The merging of the river of life to the merging of humanity's river of blood. Woman with the issue of blood. Bleeding 19 years. Who is that? You. It's all humanity's blood fallen. What do you say to the woman? Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father to bring him my blood, to put the blood on the mercy seat, to restore man's bloodlines back into the river of life on the throne. It's the cleansing of the nations, the removing of wormwood through the blood. All the sour wine of the fallen angels and the corruption of the fallen angels in every nation, tribe, and tongue washed, crystal clear and sparkling. Isn't it exciting to have your bloodlines merge with the river of life? That's actual salvation is the cleansing of your blood, the cleansing of your lineage and the river of blood that was passed down to you that's now beating in your chest. Well, that same blood was in whoever birthed you and your great-grandfather. Humanity's bloodline is humanity's river. And that's the river of the mouth of the red dragon. It's true. You're coming out of the mouth of the red dragon. See, the woman gave birth to the man-child, Revelation 12, and the red dragon was there to devour him. But a great angel came and took the woman and the child far away so that the dragon could not touch him. What is that? It's the regeneration of the river of life in your spirit. And that's been the process since Jesus came and left of what the great angel has been doing. <laughs> <laughs> He's been taking you away from the mouth of the red dragon with an ever-increasing glory. We've hidden in caves, holes in the ground, spiritually and naturally, but mostly spiritually, all hiding from the fallen angels as our spirit began to be regenerated as a humanity. The restoration of all things means all things. Not some things. Not the things you have faith for. The things God has faith for. These are the things of God of the all things of Acts 3.21. The Lord Jesus Christ remains in heaven until the restoration of all God's original design and this is most importantly the bloodlines called genealogies you know they're in the New Testament too Gospel of Luke Gospel of Matthew Luke's Gospel goes back to Adam Jesus to Adam so it's not even Jewish Adam was not a Jew Abraham was the first Jew why is that important salvation to the Gentiles uniting humanity as one. John 17, 11, the high priest's prayer is the oneness. And so the brain has kept been kept in principality, 
prisons called nations, boundary stones. I'm a Jew, I'm a Gentile, I'm Irish, I'm Russian. All of it is total insanity. It's called the outer man identification, it's mental illness, that's the animals of the days of Noah. No, you're not an animal. Your flesh is not who you are. We're gonna take your flesh to your spirit and you're gonna see God and your flesh is gonna burn and we'll restore you to the divine race you're created to be. God created you of his race. John 4, 24, God is a, spirit, a spiritual race, a holy nation Israel. Israel means prince with God or son of God. What are the sons of God? Israelites. What Israel couldn't be in the old covenant with the law, Galatians 6 says you are now the Israel of God in the grace of the Lord Jesus. And a true Jew is one circumcised of heart, not of penis. It is written. So that your outer man's worth is weighed in the balanced scales of your inner man's worth. You realize that's what the judgment of your thoughts actually is? Foolishness is the measure that you weigh the outer man more valuable than your eternal spirit right here. Your wind. Best understanding for this generation is if you knock the wind out of someone, you're knocking their spirit out. The word wind or pneuma or ruach hakadesh is the breath of life, the spirit that God's placed in you. Literally, a weighable measure of spirit called 21 grams. You have 21 gram spirits in the natural dimension. That's 3D. So you don't even need faith for that, just science. That's good science. The human spirit weighs 21 grams. It can be weighed when a person dies. And God can take your 21 grams and put all his glory in it through the blood of Jesus. And what that will do is begin to burn up your heart, which is the door of your soul. And through your heart, out of your heart, your mouth speaks, means it goes from heart to your mouth. And from your tongue, shooting up through your brains, your eyes, your mind right here through your forehead, out your ears, and even then goes right back down here. It's your brain stem. And that's where they really get you connected to the matrix. And that's an accurate depiction of Neo coming out of the tub of goo. He had that cable and cord right in the back of his head. And that's when you're plugged into the altars of demons. When you are serving demons, we know the Gadarene demoniac would break the chains, but he had spiritual chains that were greater than natural change. Chains to legion, which was 600 evil spirits. Excuse me, 6,000. 6,000 evil spirits. So those 6,000 evil spirits would use the power of hell through his flesh for natural power, bringing up storms, breaking chains, terrorizing people. They had to put him on exile on a little island out there, keep him in the catacombs away from the city. <laughs> Jesus came in the flesh and shut down his flesh with the superior spirit over those spirits. 
you see the physical ramifications of the superiority of the Spirit of God working through Jesus. And the proof of it is in the natural realm of what you carry in your 21 grams. What did Jesus carry in his spirit? The Father. Why did he effectively use it in the natural dimension, healing every sickness and disease, driving out demons everywhere he went, setting people free from the lies of the enemy, raising the dead, cleansing lepers, which is false teaching. Wash that leprosy off you right now. Because the Father filled his entire spirit. Paul said he reached that place in his epistles. I have, I have served God with my whole spirit. There weren't parts of him submitted to external altars of demons. There wasn't an altar of lust anymore. He had overcome lust. There wasn't an altar of pride. He had overcome religion. Come on. And Jesus, the key is not just to have it all in spirit. It has to all get through those four chambers of your heart. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Because he was always in spirit. That's the angel of the Lord. That's the old covenant. That was Moses' day. That was the law. If it was just needed in spirit, there was no need for Jesus to die on the cross. We did not need him in spirit. We had that already in the old covenant. The new covenant is that spirit was made flesh. We needed it in the flesh. That's what destroyed Satan. Angel of the Lord did not destroy Satan. Jesus of Nazareth, the angel of the Lord, made flesh, destroyed Satan. That's true. Because the fall gave the flesh to the serpent in the garden. The blood, the corrupted blood of man. That was the river of the red dragon. And the demons and the fallen angels and the principalities, powers, thrones, dominion, spiritual wickedness in celestial places had ruled over the blood of man, even by the gravity, even by the moon, even by one-third of the stars that fell from the sky, so that man's blood was under subjection to the accuser of the brethren for thousands and thousands of years, and almost no one ever broke free. Look at it. You have a couple prophets, past generations. Very, very rare that anyone broke out of the matrix. Millions of people in other cities, a couple dozen, couple hundred, maybe in Zion. Thousands and thousands of years. It's a very messed up situation. It's called the Valley of the Shadow of Death, Earth. That's what planet Earth is the Valley of the Shadow of Death. But can the earth be raised above the valley of the shadows of death and demons living under the angel of death of Adam, Lucifer, Satan, the red dragon? They overcame by the blood, by the flesh. What is the overcoming of Satan in your brain cells? The living water. <laughs> 
the living water removes the record of Satan at a cellular and atomic level. It changes water. You know, you're 90% water. How much of that water is still sour and bitter? Doesn't mean you're conscious of it. Doesn't matter. Your judgment of yourself is irrelevant. Do you understand that? How you judge yourself is irrelevant to reality. Now, this may sound crazy, but it's the truth anyhow. How the fallen angel judges you is the truth, is reality. Jesus said it himself. Satan's coming, but he has nothing in me. Their assessment of what is in your blood is the true judgment. You see it. Look at the Gadarene demoniac. Have you come to torture us before? They just said that evaluation of this guy is, we're screwed. You understand that the demon's judgment of you is the one that matters? Look at the seven sons of Sceva. They judged Peter. Peter, I know. Jesus, I know. Who are you? The demonic judgment of you is the only thing that matters. So the living water cleanses your blood, your cells, your atoms, your molecules. So when the accuser or Satan of the brethren comes, his judgment of you is the accurate judgment of your true and right standing and rank in the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> if you haven't passed your demon test, you're as fake and phony and fraudulent as it gets. <laughs> and maybe that encourage you because you have to pass your Luciferian tests. You think Jesus is the only one? You don't even begin testing until you're born again. Everything before that was just darkness, disorder, living inside jail cells of fallen angels, which are realms of hell, the rooms of hell. The imprisonment of hell, or on earth it's called Gehenna, are the, the prisoners and the souls and the spirits of those who live but are yet dead. The realm of the dead. Gehenna in Hebrew. And we all were in Gehenna, and some of our spirits were even in Hades and Tartarus, but we yet had breath. We were the walking dead because we were ruled over by dead angels because our sins were the acts of death. We practiced death. Now through Jesus Christ, who's risen from the realm of the dead, we're learning how to practice life. And what kind of quality of life? The Zoe life, the divine life, the life of God the Father. The high life, the risen life, the resurrection life. That we might become the living amongst the dead. That we might obtain moral and spiritual resurrection from around the religious dead. From the bloodlines of the red dragon into the bloodlines and genealogies of Jesus Christ. Called the river of life. Because there was always a remnant in every generation that perpetuated his river through the ages might have only been eight saved through water and there's no that was the smallest as it ever was you always had more than eight than every other time 
the worst it was ever in the history of humanity was in Noah's day. Only eight people carried even a bit of the living water. Everyone else had red dragon water, wormwood water, which is death. Full corruption. That part of you can't go into heaven and can't be saved. Only the divine part of you, the living water in you, is the part in your soul that goes into heaven. That's why you go through weeping and gnashing of teeth, or you need sanctification. God wants your whole entire soul to be saved. Sozo is not just fire insurance nonsense that the evangelicals preach. Soteria sozo, the Greek word in the New Testament for being saved in salvation, means an ever-increasing water, an ever-increasing glory, an expanding seed of the Word of God planted in your spirit that fills your 21 grams with the light of His Shekinah glory until the light being your Creator has perfected you in your inner man. It's called full spiritual stature. Can a six-foot man possess the whole universe? You understand that's who God the Father is? That's who your Father is. He's about a six-foot man of light. Hey, doesn't have flesh. He's a type of angel. He's the creator of angels. He is the source of of light of all the living in the world that is the image bearing of God God is spirit I'm not talking about Jesus I'm talking about the Father Jesus came to restore you to the Father the spirit of adoption by which we cry Father walking with the Father in the coolness of the day the marriage supper lamb is you just entering the kingdom to get to know dad. <laughs> that ain't the end result of the salvation. That's just, woo, we're getting really saved now. Our salvation is growing. Sozo, soteria, growing, expansion. Bigger every day. Glory to glory in your spirit. How? By the outer man yielding to the inner man. The sword of the spirit, the word of God, divides soul from spirit, bone from marrow, by the judgment of your thoughts. See? So the outer man is an image bearing of your inner man. But religion hides the inner man. That's why you call them whitewashed tombs. See, that's what deception, the deceiver, and the fallen angels are. They blind you from seeing their actual darkness and the crookedness of their evil spirits. So you don't even judge the heart. You just judge the flesh, the makeup on the outside. The fallen angels learned from God that you can wear human flesh. Look at the Gadarene. 6,000 demons wore human flesh. Very, very powerful warlock. Very powerful. What happens when we go from being witches and warlocks of the realm of the dead, which every single one of you once were, 
Oh, I wasn't a witch. I never. Practicing sins, practicing darkness. All of you are coming out of the occult. Every single one of you, your testimony is you are formally in the occult. You realize there's nothing more occult or cultish than practicing darkness, religion, and pride. Pride is the highest form of Satanism. Who's more proud than religious people? Look at what I am in the flesh. That's what a witch is. Witchcraft is religion. That I'm better than you because of something in the flesh? That's what the occult is, is practicing religion. <laughs> and we say, oh, but I don't have an altar to Satan in my basement with a pentagram and no human sacrifice. You ever been to church? And I, I love everyone. I'm not talking about the people that Jesus died for on the cross. I'm talking about the system that's been corrupted by demons where you sacrifice your neighbor for personal gain where you put down someone for you to go up that's human sacrifice every single one of you has already committed human sacrifice who can say they're not a murderer if you even have any jealousy in your heart towards your neighbor you have murdered them anyone that denies being a murderer is a total liar well then how can we get saved torture heart with the fire of God and realize there's no one good by the except the father and the father will expand in your spirit and in your soul every day there's no limitations to how much of the Father you can have in you. Daniel 12 says they'll become like stars. Can you believe that in the core of a star, and I believe it's several million degrees Fahrenheit, will one day be your bones and flesh? Do you realize that it looks a lot different, celestial flesh written in Philippians chapter 3 that you likewise will have the exact same bodies as Jesus scripture teaches in Philippians chapter 3 do you realize that that celestial flesh becomes the core of a new solar system do you understand that your bones your brains your hearts no it will change become matted diamonds become emerald sapphires all those things that Proverbs says that Wisdom is more powerful. It's talking about the spirit, but then it's talking about what gets added unto you. Rubies, emeralds, diamonds. I'm not talking about their currency value. The only reason I have currency value is because they have spiritual and eternal value. Did the fallen angels choose what was valuable of the nations for 6,000 years? Yes, they did. Why? Because of the remembrance of the glory of what God the Father valued in original design. That's imparted into every angel, obedient or disobedient, every man, woman, and child, in light or darkness. That's a, a sovereign thing of God the Father. Value. If it has value in the natural, that's because spirits value it 
in the eternal spirit invisible world. That there are eternal values here of silver, gold, and gemstones. Believers' rewards? Oh, I'm not into that material stuff. That's idolatry. Why does Paul say the believers' rewards are silver, gold, and gemstones? It's your new flesh. It's called the new covenant. You already have gold in your heart. Some of you know that. There's actually grams of gold in your heart. You're made of soil called a jar of clay. Bible calls your body jars of clay. What's in the clay? Mine for gold, silver, and precious stones. So the living water is bringing the silver and the gold and the precious stones into your flesh. The river Pisan, Genesis 2.10, where there was gold. The four rivers, four winds of heaven, four living creatures, four heads of God, the headwaters, four chambers of your heart. Get a picture for your transfiguration now of what the spirit of the living waters, the spirit of the living creatures in the wheels is carrying into your heart, into your plumbing, into your temple. From the temple flowed the river. Are you not the temple of the river? John 7, 38, Ezekiel 47. Can you put the outside realm of religious fallen angel idolatry through the fire of the Holy Ghost and become wise inside? You had a pillar of light inside you. And that pillar of light can grow up and hold the tabernacle of David for open ark worship. And that's what the tabernacle of David is. It's people who have grown up in their spirit into original design of God who is the God of gods. Psalm says he is the God of gods. Who are these gods? Psalms 82. You are gods. You want to read it? Hallelujah. You guys like revelating? I hate it. Makes my demons go crazy. All my puffed up prideful knowledge burns and I lose a million dollars in education. Burn them at the stake. Or burn the witchcraft scrolls. What's a witchcraft scroll? Book of Acts. The Bible says they burned $13 million in witchcraft scrolls. It's called the ability of the flesh. Or your formal education, your doctorates, your master degrees, and your BSs. Best off if you only got your GED. Good enough diploma. Hallelujah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. There's nothing wrong with going to college and all that, as long as you don't let your spirit die. I like to know how to learn how to know stuff, get edumacated. 
if you can't even read, you're better off than everybody else. <laughs> you're the most able to receive. Congratulations. Some of you are going to go so deep in the glory of the season, you'll actually lose the ability to read when you're in that glory. It's like Zoolander. You have a school teaching kids how to learn how to read good. But mostly just base jumping into the river of life. You have one teacher and he is Christ. Why doesn't it say Jesus? Because the Spirit is here. That's Christ. Je Jesus was Jesus of Nazareth. Then after the River Jordan, he was Jesus Christ. Why? Because the dove descended upon him. The Spirit descended upon him as the form of the dove. Christ is the Spirit, the dove. So you have a new name too. Have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Are you Pentecostal? You are Joe Christ. I mean, what does it mean to be born again? You're of his family now. Has he not anointed you? He's anointed everyone who's born again. Your last name is not Barthrop. It's not Bakken. It's not Vossler. It's Christ. That's 100% accurate. And until you fully realize that and understand that, there's going to be some human red dragon blood going on, activity. Because God's creating... A divine class of beings called a holy nation, a royal race. The word nation there is race. God is very racist. Very racist. He separates the races. What do you think the Tower of Babel is? God's the original racist. He created the races. It doesn't mean there's any hate in him. The racism of God is actually God restoring all the races that he made because of how bad the fall was. <laughs> they were so crazy in the fallen angels is the only way to preserve man, if you understand it. How bad man is in wars, rumor, rumors of wars, and world wars, all the wickedness of the corruption of the bloodlines. God preserved man miraculously every moment since the fall going to wake up and see that, that there was zero chance that we wouldn't be completely extinct like the dinosaurs in every generation if God did not intervene. Satan hates you. He would mutilate your mind and remove your conscience, and he would wear your flesh as his clothes, and you would not even have a personality if the devil had his way. But God has intervened every day for man since the fall so that Satan can't do that. And God would restore man back to himself through his son dying on the cross. And what the fallen angels have done to us and what we allowed them to do to us, and a lot of people have been the victims unknowingly of people in relationship with devils in every generation. Look at Nimrod. Nimrod was the first proficient warlock, a great hunter meaning he knew how to capture souls with the light of fallen stars. And if you read Jasher, it says that he had Adam's mantle, which was the mantle of the heavens, the dominion of man. 
And that was the most precious thing to Satan, is to have Adam's mantle, the dominion of the celestial realm. And that dominion of the heavens, and the weight of the heavens, and the sky, and above the sky, into the sun, and the moon, and the stars, that realm that rules over the terrestrial realm, the celestial and terrestrial, will be restored back to us in this day. It's a promise in Scripture, Revelation 5.10. And they shall rule with him from the celestial, heavenly, angelic sphere, Amplified Classic, for a thousand years. Amen. Thank you, Father. How do you get so high when we've been so low on all kinds of confusing religion and false mysticism? There's at least 850 false mystics for every one true mystic in the world right now. How do you know? They got a lot of knowledge, but not that much wine. I mean, the cup of the new covenant is the wine, guys. New wine for new wine skins. False mysticism will let you have all the revelation without the intoxication. See? Because the brain still has control. That's still the fallen angel's pride in you. You must become like a drunken man. Why? Because it's the wine of the resurrection. Because that's how Jesus is. When he was raised from the dead, he was very, very intoxicated on the Holy Ghost. When he raised his friends that he had just spent three and a half years with in Jerusalem in the upper room in Acts 2, from the dead, they were intoxicated. Godka sounds like fringe to a satanic Jezebel church, but it's actually the only formula for true salvation. Anyone who doesn't drink the Godka, is it even Acts 2 Christianity? What is it? It's still your brain in control. Doesn't mean the spirit can't move upon people. Doesn't mean there's not signs and wonders. Doesn't mean that there's not a measure. But it's not accurately of original design of the new covenant. The marriage supper of the Lamb is us being restored to Jesus, the high priest's design. What does he say in his high priestly prayer? He's talking about giving them the glory, which is the wine. I will not drink this wine again until I'm in my Father's house. What do you think Acts 2 is? They drank the wine of the resurrection. He ascended into the heavens forgave the sins of the world from the heavens. He died on the earth, but his blood had to be transported through the cloud of Acts 1 to wash the sins of the fallen angels in the heavens, which correspond to the blood on the earth. The earth has been an altar of bloodlines for thousands of years, and whatever blood was spilt on earth empowered the God that was in the heavens. Mostly demons, flying demons, winged demons. Satan is a winged demon. Some demons can fly, some crawl on their belly. Listen, you gave, 
you gave the devil wings. I gave the devil wings. Humanity gave that gardener snake wings. How can a gardener snake evolve in Genesis to a red dragon whose tail is as long as one third of the stars? You realize that's like 25 million light years long? Started out a gardener snake, and the Bible says just a little bit underneath the size of the woman's foot. So you got a demon this big, turns out from Genesis in only 6,000 years, it grows to the side of one third of the universe? Do you realize that was by human blood that grew it that big? Snakes drink blood, demons live off of human blood. We do not wrestle with flesh and blood, but the demons do. Every altar requires blood. Even God's altar with the blood of the Lamb. And so those altars might still be sucking your blood. If there is demonic influence in your soul, your blood is being given to demons. How do we get it out? The word of fire will burn your outer man's connection, which is any place you're being siphoned. What is the witch called in Revelation? Drunk on the blood of the saints. Meaning altars that suck you dry, succubus dry, incubus dry, lust demons sucking your power, your confidence your bloodlines literally your testicles and your ovaries your flesh so that you're very frail weak human earthly creatures and that's not God's original design that's because something is sucking your blood it's true scripture teaches it she's drunk on the what is this it's Jezebel false Christianity that kept your flesh very weak. Philippians 3 says he wants to make your flesh very, very strong. And the process of having all your blood sucked dry through sins to altars of demons to having all the blood of your bloodlines washed, healed, restored, sanctified by the river of life to the strength of the ox of God through Jesus Christ. Philippians 3, celestial flesh. That is the transfiguration, not a spirit. You get all your, and then your spirit, wherein you're born again. Born of the spirit in the water. Spirit's like looking good. Now it's the heart, the blood. It's all about the heart. Everything after you're born again is about the heart, it's all about the flesh. Why? Because you already got Jesus in your spirit. You know if you were to die today, your spirit fly away be with God. Problem is, you don't have any faith for it in your flesh. Or at least not much. That's where we got to grow. Revelations of the flesh. <laughs> Celestial flesh and the power of the living waters to remove wormwood from your molecules. The elements will melt with fervent heat. You're made out of elements. It's your flesh. It's all about the salvation of your flesh. Do you realize that 
your flesh is part of your soul? People don't value the flesh because they're total fools. Gnosticism is horrible doctrine of demons that the flesh is not valuable, only the spirit's valuable. My God, there's no salvation unless Jesus sacrificed his flesh. He was a spirit for eternity before that, the angel of the Lord. You see how deceived people are by religion? All this stuff's been robbed? After you're born again, it's only about the flesh. <laughs> Which is the meat pumping blood in your heart. Putting your spirit into your flesh is how you get transformed by the renewing of your brain. Oh, man. Can we get it through our heart into our brain? That's what ministry does. Ministry is bringing everything out of the spirit through the heart, through the blood, and out the forehead. Lift up you ancient gates. Where are the ancient gates? The doors of God? Right here on your forehead. That's the ancient gate. Called the renewing of the mind or the opening of the ancient gate. Why? Because your body's the temple. Temples have doors, windows. Go right through the forehead. And the inner man is full of windows, doors, passageways, stairways. Literally, the interior castle is the exact replication of God's soul called Mount Zion. It's a mountain of many rooms. In my Father's house are many rooms, or in my Father's soul are many rooms. Passageways, corridors, and these are the ways of Enoch. The interior realm, and you begin to move inside, and then by faith in the power of the Spirit, because you're now walking in God's ways and God's thoughts, it takes your outer man. Ezekiel flew a thousand miles across the sky and Jesus physically flew right up into the cloud and Philip the evangelist teleported ten miles after he baptized the Ethiopian eunuch learning how to take your flesh with your spirit is the only thing Christian maturity actually is religion says don't even take your flesh with you there's no transformation. There's no metamorphosis. There's no ever-increasing burning in the heart. It's all just waste your days learning knowledge about God, but never actually experiencing it in your heart. And all of that measure that man still does that is the measure that Satan still possesses your waters. The living water is a promise of new flesh. Right now, currently, I'll make this practical for each one of you. Each one of your cells, the molecules that make up your existence in this terrestrial plane, has water in it. H2O. Liquid. The water of life removes the record of death in the waters at a cellular level. The cleansing of your waters is the cleansing of wormwood and death from your flesh. It's called being clean or unclean. Go to the river and wash. This theme is not just in the washing of the priests at the temple in the Old Testament, washing in the Jordan, 
the rivers of Genesis. But this is the very theme of all the scriptures is getting clean by water. <laughs> and it symbolizes the water of the Holy Spirit. And you drink the living water and you get clean in your soul. You get clean in your heart. You get clean in your conscience. I have served God with a clean conscience. Why? Because the water of God removes literally the stain of sin from my eyes, my brain, my memories, and my bones so that my spirit has its existence inside a crystal clear and sparkling vessel. Amen. God wants to drink out of you physically. He wants jars of clay. I'm telling you, Solomon's palace had the golden vessels. He had the golden shields, golden spears. But now I'm talking to you about the golden goblets, the golden chalices of Solomon's palace that represent your perfectly clean and washed with living water, cellular, physical bodies. And the father is a wine taster. Test the fruit. What does that mean, to test the fruit? It means to test the wine, what's in their spirit. They're a jar of clay, test the cup, drink out of their inner man, see what's in the heart, test the spirit, test the wine. Vine dresser, wine dresser, vineyards, all the language of Jesus Christ called the fruit of the spirit. Because there's always stuff on the inside. Every single jar of clay is growing stuff. Could be thorns, thistles, could be wormwood, it could be hell, and that's usually the case. But the problem is, is Satan comes into the covenant and corrupts it and deceives everyone so that they think that this person's representation of God is accurate when it's completely fallen. Even in so much of the standard that we have now in Christianity, we put people on pedestals saying that that is an accurate representation of God. The accuracy of representing God is only in the degrees of glory that begin with wine which is called testing the spirit or the wine, the vineyard, the vintage. Do you realize that nearly every ministry on this planet fails right now? Oh, you're the only one? No, Jesus brought that standard. Jesus is the only one. He is the gardener, the vine dresser, and he is gardening, intoxicating wine grapes inside his heart. That's the evidence of intimacy is there's vineyards of Eden, literal grapes. Remember the promised lands represented with the wine grapes? The intoxication is the evidence and the wine of his presence. The overwhelming power upon your flesh of the divine is the evidence of intimacy. Without that, it's just religion. And people try to hide their intimacy. Listen, that's the light you want to let shine. What you need to get rid of is all the religious stuff that's blocking you from being publicly drunk, publicly intoxicated, and drunk driving. I mean, seriously, are we going to test the fruit and get into the new wine of the new covenant? Or are we going to stay religious, false, fake, phony, hiding it, 
under some kind of false covering of pretending to be respectable of other people's opinions and it's really all demonic witchcraft activity that's mixed in with Christianity. How much paganism is in your Christianity? I tell you the truth, it's a lot more than you can even assess. <laughs> Wild Gideon's 300 drunken glory mayhem of the Holy Ghost. I'm not talking about rebellion. I'm not talking about stupid, filthy lust. I'm not talking about disgusting greed. I'm talking about the wildness of the vineyards of the promised land, Jurassic grapes of Joshua and Caleb, the purity of God the Father's pleasure and power produced in your heart through knowing him in your spirit, burning through your heart, burning through your brain with the ancient gate opened and the wine spilling out of your forehead and everyone around you getting rained upon by spiritual wine, which is called love. <laughs> Be drunk with spiritual wine, love, Song of Solomon 5.1. It is written, Shaka, Shakar, which is the highest Hebrew commandment in the entire word from Genesis to Revelation. There is no higher commandment than Song of Solomon 5 verse 1 Shaka Shakar which means be drunk with love drink and be drunk with love and this love of this wine is God the Father so the marriage supper of the Lamb is Christianity being changed into that expression. Will it look like Toronto? No. Will it look like the drunken glory of 2008? No. The wine is aging. <laughs> Wisdom's still mixing her wine and killing her beasts. And there's still a lot of beasts to kill, so the wine's got a pretty nasty reputation. Rebellion in the drunken glory, nonsense everywhere, Jezebel tolerated. Do not tolerate that woman Jezebel. Well, in false Christianity, it tolerates paganism. So, I mean, you'd have to pretty much shut down all Christianity on the planet. And so God's not going to do that. He's going to work through it just like in Exodus. Otherwise, there'd be no survivors. You wouldn't have made it. <laughs> we would be all gone. So he's very, very slow for severe judgment. Why? He knows our current condition. He knows and understands where we're at. He sees the elevation of our wisdom. Wisdom builds seven pillars, which lifts you up into the throne room with an ever-increasing wisdom, which is the valuing of the eternal over the temporal. Lifting you up into the heavens by the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the spirit of the fear of the Lord, and the spirit of the Lord, the seven spirits of God, the menorah burning in the temple, the only light of the holy place, and the holy place is your spirit. The only light that a human spirit can possess, not the external light of new age, not the illumination of intellectualism, all the false light, of the brain and external sources 
cannot illuminate the holy place of the human spirit. In the temple of Solomon, the menorah burned and was the only light of the holy place, symbolizing you can only have light in you by the Holy Ghost. There does not exist a spirit, a teaching, a revelation, a religion, any sacrifice in any dimension of all creation of this world and all of the worlds that can light up your spirit except the Creator. His name is the Holy Ghost. God's sevenfold Holy Spirit. The menorah of the holy place. And what's wild is since this is such a new revelation because we've been so mature, immature for so long, we've never tested how bright we can shine. Acts chapter 9. Firstborn from the realm of the dead and the pioneer of your salvation shows you how much you can shine. Brighter than the noonday sun confronting the serial killer Solitarsus, blotting out the bright desert sun as a spirit star. It's true. That's what you look like in spirit. And God wants to reveal that through your blood. Now what does it take? Sanctification. The river of life. Washing the thoughts of your heart. The intentions of your heart. Washing all conductivity in the brain. All words in the brain. All vision in the brain. You think these eyes see? Jesus said, you think you see, but you're blind. Revelation chapter 3. I counsel for you to buy eyes salve to actually see because only the fire sees. You see in the eye, that's plank and speck. The best you can do with natural vision is called specks. Jesus taught that. Spiritual vision is the river of God the Father flowing out of your spirit through your soul. You need to be washed in the river oftentimes for months, months, and months so that your spiritual vision goes through your natural vision and then your eyes begin to flash with fire. Revelation 1. Why is the flashing of fire? It's the spiritual vision of the true seven eyes of God with the natural man crucified or rendered worthless. You cannot value natural eyes and value spiritual eyes at the same time. You'll love one and despise the other. Which vision are you seeing from? The warlock sees from the eyes of Horus in its pineal gland like a fool. Wisdom sees with seven eyes through the spirit. Actual spirituality called righteousness, not the false spirituality of the carnal mind, which is the brain. Insanity. How much paganism is still inside your Christianity? Burn it out. Will you humble yourself and recognize the brain is wrong about everything and there's still tremendous demonic influence in your life? And exchange your demonic influence for Holy Ghost influence. And the Holy Ghost 
He's so amazing that he'll let you waste all the days of your life serving demons, death, and dumb stuff. Wide is the path to destruction. Many go down it. He just let him go. It's an honor to serve God. He doesn't force it upon you. Satan forces it upon you. God just lets you go. But maybe the word of God will convict your heart and crucify your brain and you'll let the Holy Ghost grow in you and he will share his vision of the seven torches of the Lion of the tribe of Judah to open the seven seals of your heart to begin seeing with spiritual vision today. If you want that, I just ask you to close your eyes. Heavenly Father, illuminate the eyes of our heart. We want the fire of your presence to be our vision, and we give you our carnal mind's eyes. Forgive us for our specks and planks and our thinking that the flesh can do anything. We consider it witchcraft. We don't want to be outside the city gates with those who practice the magic arts. Teach us the ways of the New Jerusalem, the ways of your spirit, the ways of your priesthood of Melchizedek, that we may be holy, set apart from all the world and all the world's religions and paganism to serve you in spirit and truth in the literal holy of holies of your throne room with all the angels of your presence. Amen. Bless you guys. You want to support this ministry? You can donate at redlettermin.com and we'll see you tomorrow. Amen. <laughs>